welcome to Wrestle Buddies GameSpot's wrestling podcast about wrestling, friendship, and friendship with wrestling. I am Matt Elfring, and with me is my closest wrestle buddy, Chris Hayner. How are you, Chris? Matt, I am fantastic. You as well, my closest wrestle buddy, and it has been a wrestle week, let me tell you. It has been. I have wrestled on the couch, on the floor, and in space. How about you? I have wrestled on the Xbox, on the PlayStation, end of story wow we've had very drastically different wrestling weeks well i don't have a child to throw around the room that's true that's what you do you have a child and you throw them around the room powerbomb powerbomb <laughs> <laughs> what's on the agenda for this week oh matt uh we, we got a, a little bit of this and that this week we're gonna be talking about well as everyone knows, at SummerSlam, we saw the debut of everyone's favorite uh, custody-addled wrestler, Dominic Mysterio-Guerrero. It's uh, just so Dominic Guerrero. It's not, well, I, I, I refer to him as Dominic Mysterio-Guerrero. Uh, we're okay. going to jump back in time, and we're going to revisit the very weird situation in which Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero had a ladder match for custody of this child who is now a full adult man with a WWE contract. Uh, so we'll get there, but we're kicking it off with something a little timely because honestly, it's all the talk of wrestling at the moment. Matt, we're going to the Thunderdome. We are talking about Das Thunderdome. Das Thunderdome. In the opening segment of this week. Chris, the pandemic of 2020 from COVID-19 yes. has changed everything for the worse. I'll be honest. Almost everything across the board is kind of a bummer these days. Uh, and wrestling was no exception for a long time. Wrestling was, with WWE, was at the Performance Center, no audience, no crowd noise, kind of awkward. We talked about it very early on in the show. Uh, we had feelings about it. Then, but then things changed a little bit. They started putting the developmental yeah. people in the audience. So there was at least some kind of reaction, but it was still very clear that WWE was shooting in a dark warehouse. And even the, the developmental people in the audience, I still felt like weird about it. Like people being there, like uh -huh. pu putting themselves essentially in danger. What, what I found really interesting about that is so late last year before the world fell apart i actually went to the performance center and several of the people in the audience i'm like oh that's that guy that i saw in the promo room yeah <laughs> like taking promo class like oh that guy looks familiar he's never been on tv oh he's that dude that i just saw like jumping up and down and screaming at the top of his lungs about being a rock and roller he was the guy i saw do an entrance like six different times oh boy uh but yeah so now the Performance Center is a thing of the past. WWE has moved Raw, SmackDown, and their pay-per-views out of the PC and into the Amway Center, which is a big-ass arena in Orlando, Florida. And they have built something, and they being WWE, yes. uh, which I have jokingly called in the outline for this Das Thunderdome, but I'm kind of just going to refer to it as Das Thunderdome from now on. I think that's fine. It's fine. It's it's great. And for those who aren't paying attention with what's going on in WWE, because we've talked about this numerous times on the show, it's kind of hard to keep with wrestling right now when the yep. world's on fire. Mm -hmm. 
Chris, the, the Thunderdome, which you already are well aware of. Oh, it's an amazing concept. It's it may be the best thing WWE's introduced in decades. The only way it could get better is if it had its own specialized match type somehow. Yeah. Like that, like the NXT fight pit. <laughs> Raw underground. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess Raw Underground is kind of like the Thunderdome specified match type. It kind of is. So Thunderdome is it's a giant Zoom call. And oh, but of an, Matt, it's so much, it's so much more. It's so much more. It's instead of an audience, there are it's a giant Zoom call with like wrestling fans hanging out, watching the show live, and they keep rotating in and out of all these people. Mm-hmm. It is uh, extremely innovative. Uh, don't listen to what people are yelling about it online because uh, I think there's just a subset of wrestling fans that will find something to yell about everything that don't find joy in well, life. Here, here's what I'll say. There is there are a large number of wrestling fans that are, for lack of a better word, uh, painfully traditional. Uh, yes. They cling to the old school, which is dead, by the way, as it's if been dead for 30 yeah, years, as, as if anything other than like Arn and Tully in a 60 minute draw. Uh, in like Macon, Georgia is a waste of time. <laughs> I almost spit water out. I was taking a sip because that's so true. I, I've been going back and watching like, not even like that era of wrestling. I, w- I went back to like early nitro and watching it with my son. And I'm like, man, these matches are so slowly paced and they're not bad. It's just such a different era where it's like, all right, he did an arm drag, and now they're going to circle each other for a minute. Uh, Heel does something dastardly by Mm -hmm. calling the face a jerk, Mm -hmm. and vertical suplex, and repeat. That era of wrestling, great for its time, but we are in such a a different, fast-paced, high-intensity era of wrestling Mm -hmm. that I think the Thunderdome is the perfect addition to that. Uh, And here's what I will say. Yes, it does take a couple of minutes to get used to, but also part of that is because we have become, over the last several months, accustomed to a very different type of WWE product, which is happening in a very small room without many Mm -hmm. people around. Suddenly, now they're piping in crowd noise. There's video screens and laser beams and pyro and everything. And it's it's not even just... Traditionally, we're used to video screens on the stage, pyro on the stage. They have... They've placed these video panels all over the arena to put the virtual fans on. But during entrances, they're part of the Titantron experience. And they've also got pyro lined all throughout the arena. So when Drew McIntyre gets on the second rope and holds his title up in the air, fire literally explodes 360 degrees around him. And it's magical. There is nothing. And maybe it's because we're all kind of clamoring for something different with wrestling at this very moment, Mm -hmm. but there was nothing more exciting than all these lights uh, and sounds, which we'll get into in a second uh, of just going uh, happening in the arena. Like it's super exciting. And again, they've learned something from the greatest wrestling match ever of all time (laughs) from edge and Randy Orton. And they've been piping in like audience noise, which I super love. I know it's, not real, but I love it so much. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it works. And here's the thing. We've talked about this before. Uh, you will not find a wrestling company or honestly, probably an entertainment company that does spectacle better than WWE. 
And the problem yeah. with the performance center is there was no spectacle. Like the spectacle, <laughs> the spectacle was ripped right out of it. Like there was there, the cinematic match, the, the, there were some very over the top cinematic matches, which were exciting and interesting to look at, mm -hmm. but they weren't, they didn't have that. They didn't have that WWE excitement to them. As much as I love those matches, I'm used to tuning into a show, seeing wrestling done in a big arena, surrounded by people with fireworks going off and with crazy loud music and with like it's just and the and i cannot say enough how important the crowd noise is yes mm -hmm. it's piped in it's 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 uh pre-recorded crowd noise mixed with i think the noise coming from people who are on uh the thunderdome zoom call but it makes all of the difference like the first 10 minutes of smackdown the first SmackDown inside the Thunderdome was mm -hmm. the most exciting wrestling experience I've had in months. Yeah. It just being able to hear people uh, just brings so much to the event. Being able to even see people brings so much to the event. Uh, seeing how entrances are this, this Thunderdome atmosphere is in, included in uh, these entrances brings so much to the event. It, it makes me excited to be a wrestling fan again. I know I've stated numerous times in the past throughout this pandemic, I've been kind of not losing love for wrestling, but losing love for what's happening live. It's, right. It just wasn't bringing me as much joy uh, as it once did with the live audience. And I didn't think that was possible, but the Thunderdome kind of brings back that joy. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's because it's a new thing flashy in front of my face. It is. Or if it's actually because Thunderdome is working. Well, it's too early to tell. Also, let's look at it like this. WrestleMania this year was a great card. Yeah. Uh, it the show as a whole was a letdown because it was so mm -hmm. quiet. Except for the two cinematic matches, which I would And Oscar you know, screaming at everything. But that that's the thing. Like Asuka's the one performer during all of that WrestleMania that mm -hmm. made me excited because she really brought that energy that super high energy we need for any type of match to be honest right so when we get to that wrestlemania and it's very quiet it's very uh, uh pulled back very down low it doesn't feel like the event that wrestlemania is supposed to feel like mm -hmm. SummerSlam, on the other hand with uh with the thunderdome with the audience all around with the over-the-top pyro with like all of it it felt like an event. Which is crazy because we reviewed SummerSlam, which you can check out on GameSpot. Uh, What's GameSpot? GameSpot's that site we work for. And mm -hmm. overall, I would say that that WrestleMania, or WrestleMania, that SummerSlam was not a good card, was overall not really a great show. It was very mediocre. Uh, there's not a lot of, you know, memorable moments from those matches, uh, except for Roman Reigns returning. Hey, the but, fiend won a title. Oscar won a yeah. title. But I, but those matches aren't. There's a lot of unmemorable stuff there. What I'm saying is, SummerSlam to me is a more memorable event this year than WrestleMania. Even though WrestleMania had a better card and better matches, and it's, I would really say it's because of the Thunderdome. It's absolutely because of the Thunderdome. The Thunderdome, uh, it's just cool, man. Like we, mm -hmm. we talk, we, we look back on a lot of stuff throughout wrestling history. A lot of it's silly. A lot of it's fun. Uh, and listen, this 
could easily become silly by the time we're ready to oh, yeah. move back into arenas. I can only assume there's going to be some absolute nonsense. Like I have, I have ideas like they need to send the street profits back into the crowd like they used to, but they're just walking between rows of video screens now. Like that, <laughs> yeah. that's what I want out of this whole experience. I want people fighting into the crowd and I want, I want them to like, Oh my God, uh, hold a frying pan up to your camera and then you bounce their head off the screen like stuff like that like i think that would be a lot of fun uh, that's a little i love that it's too far it's but I too do far wanna, they're not gonna do it but i want them to do it i want to address the very obvious problems with thunderdome the people uh, are garbage there are there is a another subset of wrestling fans that are awful Yay. and we saw on but we'll go back to SummerSlam. You know, there was a person holding up a Pikachu doll a lot of the time, and that's, that was the best. That's awesome. However, with the best, there's also the subset of people that does the worst. Uh, there was a guy on Monday Night Raw after SummerSlam in a KKK outfit. There was uh, lots of there's a couple different instances of Chris Benoit popping up on the screen. What 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 statement are you trying to make? Exactly. There, there was a video being played of someone being beheaded. Uh, there was a person. What? Yeah, I did not get to see it for myself, but I read a lot of people talking about it on Twitter. Oh, my God. Uh, there was someone with a uh, sign that said fire Velveteen Dream because there's a whole thing going on with Velveteen Dream and underage boys right now mm-hmm. that I would recommend reading into because the allegations are damning. Uh, there is a there's a lot of that going on. And the KKK one's the one that stands out. Cause you can find images and video of that guy anywhere of a dude in a KKK outfit, drinking a beer. That's not what you want on Thunderdome. However, that's not what I want in general. Anyway. I don't want that anywhere, but when you have something like Thunderdome that is open essentially to the public and there is not much of a vetting process aside from here's some turns and conditions, uh, you're going to get people like that. Right. Uh, WWE released a statement. We talked to them. And they said, uh, this aberrant behavior does not reflect WWE's values. And we have zero tolerance for these unacceptable acts. We are working to ban those involved from future events per our policies. Any appropriate action, inappropriate actions result in the removal of the live stream. Uh, it's important to note that while these people were removed, uh, while they appeared on television, they were removed right away. As soon as WWE noticed this, they're gone. Well, also, uh, I feel like what what something that needs to be noted about Thunderdome is that if you make it onto the stream, you're not going to be sitting in that chair for the full show. They're constant. Like if you keep an eye on what's going on on the screens mm-hmm. behind the wrestlers, uh, the, the screens are constantly cycling through different people who I'm assuming are in like a virtual queue area or it could even be that they're just randomizing the seats to switch things up to keep it fresh throughout fresh throughout the show yeah you also see repeats of people at times too uh there are there are thousands of people involved with thunderdome as the shows go on they're constantly changing like chris said uh so this is this is a what to me the thunderdome is a great way to get people around the world globally uh invested in live wwe programming so we're getting a lot of people from around the world. They're constantly rotating. And of course, on occasion, you're going to get awful people trying to either be funny or purposely be offensive. They're going to be removed. You know, this isn't the last time we're going to hear about this either. No, absolutely not. Um, however, with that said, there's still I feel like there's so much good 
about Thunderdome to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there, like, honestly, there is silly because I know this is going to happen, Matt. Eventually, there's going to be another cinematic match or a match that'll take you outside of the Amway Center. Mm-hmm. And if the wrestler doesn't say, I'm going to take you beyond Thunderdome, <laughs> then this whole thing has been a waste of time. It, I, I love Thunderdome. I know there's a lot of, it sounds like WWE butt kissing here, but I'm just. It's I'm, fun and cool and different. And yeah. that's what we need right now. Something fun. We don't need real people in seats. I know AEW is doing what? 10% or 25% it's, right it's, now. At, they, the first taping is 10% and I believe it's being up to 15%. And it's people sitting in pot. It's 10, 10 to 15% capacity of the daily center. So they're not moving their operations, but uh, and people sitting in groups of pods of their people or whatever. And I think you get like a mat. You have to be masked and you get a temperature check on the way in. Um, AEW thus far has se- seems to have steered clear of any major COVID related issues. Mm-hmm. That being said, I don't know how I feel about having any public attendance at all. Yeah, I, I'm not very pro I, i'm i'm very much about finding different ways to present a live audience without actually having a live audience i think thunderdome is a great way to do that mm-hmm. uh as you know if you've been listening to the show since the beginning you know definitely how i feel about covid having had, <laughs> having actually had having covid had covid the first three episodes of the show i i'm all for different innovations not having people in the audience kind of playing it safe as long as possible until this goes away or we get a vaccine or we just learn how to wear masks in public. Cause that's a problem for some people as well. So Thunderdome a plus for me. It's like a mask over my wrestling heart, but like a good, a fun mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I like my mask. I have a really cool universal studios, Hollywood mask. Um, I wear a very boring mask and whatever. I keep buying masks. I just bought uh, two Halloween Horror Nights ones from Florida, including a Beetlejuice one that they made. I need a wrestling mask. I don't have a wrestling mask yet. There, there is a company out there. I'll have to track them down. They literally make face masks that are uh, made to look like iconic Lucha masks. Oh, I like that. I would, I would also like just maybe like a wrestling logo. Like, that'd be fun. Like who? Like what logo? Retribution. <laughs> It's just a black ski mask you're wearing. It's not a mask (laughs) at all. Not a mask at all. Oh, Oh, can you believe Retribution has already infiltrated the Thunderdome? (laughs) No, I can't. (laughs) Yeah. uh, They got Solomon Crow backing them up. Oh, boy. He, you know, now, now, Matt, I don't know if you know this. Uh, Solomon Crow was a hacker who would bang on the ring until the videos would change. That was his entire gimmick. And then he was let go from NXT, and now he's he's on Impact. I thought he, I thought he asked to quit. Leave. No, I think he was asked to leave. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Let well, me just rephrase that. Yeah, he's and he's doing well in Impact. Uh, but the moral yeah, I like him on Impact a lot. The he moral fits, of the he, story is uh, the Thunderdome rules, and I'm excited. Like honestly, uh, Impact take notes here. Like like Impact has been doing a closed set, uh, mm. audience free show, and it's been good, but it's also been quiet. And come yes. on, Impact. Let's get some screens in there and get some of the impact universe on those screens for the lightning tower (laughs) for the fury road. Ooh, 
Impact, you're listening. Fury Road, take it. Let's just start ripping off Mad Max 100%. I mean, wrestling should rip off Mad Max 100%. Yeah. Everything should rip off Mad Max. You kidding me? Anyway, that's that that is our opinions on the Thunderdome. Let Thunderdome. Us know what you you're saying it wrong, Matt. I, I can't say it like that here. Anytime just, you need to say it, you point at me and I'll do it. Watch. Let's try this out. That's my opinion of the Thunderdome. I like it. Now, Chris, at SummerSlam, we, we saw Dominic Guerrero in his I'm first. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dominic Mysterio hyphen Guerrero. I'm sorry. I actually was going to try to say Dominic Mysterio and it just came out Dominic Guerrero. It's Dominic Mysterio hyphen Guerrero. I got yelled at on Twitter a few times during SummerSlam for calling him Dominic Guerrero. I I'm saw like, that. that's his real name. And I'm like, no, like, first of all, play along. Second of all, like, I'm referring to one of the weirdest matches and weirdest storylines. Oh. <sighs> In WWE history, not completely in history, but maybe ruthless aggression and on. Chris, let's talk about the legend of Dominic Guerrero. Matt, let me set the table. Uh, Please the legend set of, it up with the finest silverware, buddy. Uh, the legend of Dominic Mysterio hyphen Guerrero. Um, the year is 2005. That's right. Matt, this was 15 years ago when Dominic Mysterio hyphen Guerrero was a literal child. Uh, with 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 bleach blonde hair, he looked like he was uh, like a, a huge Eminem fan. It, it's so weird looking back on it. Uh, so back in 05, Eddie Guerrero was a heel. He was a bad guy. I believe this is the point when like his theme song started with a cell phone ring tall and it said, can you feel the heat? <laughs> I'm going to start answering the phone like that. It was like, can you feel the heat? <laughs> that was Eddie's theme song. And it was just lie, cheat, steal, lie, cheat, steal. Um, so it all started when Ray beat Eddie in a match and Eddie was pissed. And Eddie threatened to reveal a secret about Ray and Dominic at the time, Mysterio hyphen nothing. It's just Mysterio. Oh, no. Uh, everyone, nobody wanted him to reveal the secret. Eddie's family tried to keep him from revealing the secret. Ray's family tried to keep him from revealing the secret. He lost a match at the Great American Bash to Ray, in which the stipulation was if he lost, he couldn't tell the secret. So, of course, he then told the secret on SmackDown. Uh, in a series of segments called Eddie's Bedtime Stories, uh, Eddie revealed that when him and Vicky were going through a rough time, he had a child out of wedlock. Now, what's important to note is that this story has a some weird, weird roots in reality, because as Eddie, it's so bizarre, Matt, Eddie revealed the secret. And the secret was that during when he was separated temporarily from his wife, Vicky Guerrero, and had a sort of a bad time in his life, he had a child out of wedlock. Now, coincidentally, at that exact same time, Ray Mysterio and his wife, Angie Mysterio, hyphen Mysterio, uh, were <laughs> attempting to have a child, but were having issues conceiving. So... Naturally, Eddie gave his out-of-wedlock child to Ray and Angie Mysterio. 
Uh, they adopted this child and that child became Dominic Mysterio. That's not real. That's not real. That's kayfabe. That's but kayfabe. Eddie, yes. Eddie really did have a child out of wedlock. Yes. Uh, Eddie and Vicky were separated for about two years. Uh, and Eddie had a relationship with a woman. They had a daughter. Uh, eventually they broke up. Uh, Eddie and Vicky got back together. Uh, uh, reportedly, Eddie and the woman that he had the child with were still on very good terms up until his death. Uh, but so like it was it, it's a it's it's there's just enough of the truth layered into the story to make me be like, wait, what? It, it's it makes you question like, wait, is this actually like part of this? Is, what's real here? And that's kind of what for me with the beginning of the story, what really works is right. that there is a lot of truth to it. And then it went bonkers because Eddie decided on his own without like the support of literally anybody, including his own family, that he wanted Dominic back <laughs> because Dominic wasn't Dominic Mysterio. He was Dominic Guerrero. And so like it, 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 and he only wanted Dominic back just as an F you to Ray, his friends, practically their entire lives. Because Ray beat him in a Ray, wrestling match. Ray beat him in a wrestling match. And now Eddie's a bad guy. So he's going to rip apart the Mysterio family just to give him the what for. And it's, it all culminated in a ladder match for the custody of Dominic Guerrero. Here's where I'm going to pause. <laughs> That's where you're going to pause. Here's where I would have paused 10 sentences ago. Here, here's where I'm going to pause because why did Ray agree to this? He already had custody of Dominic. Why would he agree to put the custody on the line? But even you go before that, we think about, we think about revenge stories within WWE. Revenge is a very common, uh, heel storyline. Yeah. It's, it's almost every heel storyline. Absolutely. And we've seen revenge for, for various reasons, whether it's, you know, you take someone's wife away from them or, or you beat uh, up Gene Snitsky because he accidentally punted your fake baby into the audience. Yeah. It, the revenge stories like that make sense. The, the revenge story for this was just like, <laughs> Eddie lost a match at a paper not, and not even a great pay-per-view. He lost a, he lost it to just a regular old pay-per-view. It's like, wait a minute. You've beat me once out of the 8 million times we fought. Oh, I I'm better gonna, reveal a secret. Yeah, I'm going to tell the deepest, darkest secret that will destroy you. There was, the, there was no title on the line. No. There was no crazy stuff. It's just a match. It was, it was a match. Like, and they've had so many great matches for, I watched them wrestle at WrestleMania 21. There was their, uh, their W, their big WCW match when Ray was dressed as the Phantom. Oh, you mean Ray was dressed as future Seth Rollins? <laughs> future Seth Rollins, yeah. <laughs> In the Thunderdome. Uh, Seth Rollins' SummerSlam attire this year was modeled after uh, Ray Mysterio's phantom attire from when him and Eddie Guerrero fought each other. Which is pretty, which is like a real, like I'm choosing to believe Seth Rollins did that because he knows that Eddie Guerrero is Dominic's true father. I kind of hope that's what it is. Um. So... It culminates in a ladder match where custody papers for Dominic Grower are hung high above the ring. Uh, Ray wins again. This is the third time he's beaten Eddie, which it's essentially it's that's kind of the end of that. That weird, weird storyline. Uh, Dominic Mysterio disappeared from TV after that because he was a child and not yeah. a wrestler. Uh, and they and 
Then Ray and Eddie went on to fight one more time uh, on an episode of SmackDown in September of that year in a steel cage. Eddie won, so he got literally something out of this entire feud other than just looking like a jerk. But uh, I mean, but he did get a lot of like heel heat, which is great. Oh, 100%. I be- didn't he then go on? Is it then that he went on to face Batista for the world title after that, I believe? I think so. And that was that, that was sort of his last thing. Uh, before we lost any sadly yeah um but yeah it's it's so weird and it's just it's now it's now it's back and it's weird er because dominic mysterio hyphen guerrero is a member of the raw roster he does a frog splash just like his dear old dad and <laughs> and he does it reasonably well i i i have to go back and watch SummerSlam. i feel like somebody called him dominic guerrero like commentary wise, I feel like no, someone had to us. have done that. It was us. Was we it just it. us? It was just us. Because Matt, even if you go look at our coverage on the website, I repeatedly list him as Dominic Mysterio hyphen Guerrero in headlines. I highly recommend it when we like when we when the big four pay per views happen. Chris and I do a review. Uh, we don't do it so much for the smaller shows, but I highly there are so many weird inside jokes between me and you in there. Uh-huh. Like we and never call Brock Lesnar. No, his name, okay, is, just, his name is Bork Laser. Bork Laser. We always call Brock Lesnar Bork Laser. <laughs> and it's all just spillover from stuff we talk about on the pod, which is yeah. great. <laughs> there's there's lots of crossover between the writing there. Yeah, it's I just think in every right. single like every th- single SummerSlam review this year or for this year's SummerSlam, I think I mentioned Renee Young in every single like yes. review of every match. Oh, I know you did. It was out of control. But I was, was so sad. <laughs> I understand. She's off the bigger and better, though. Good for her. Good for her. Uh, so, yeah, that is uh, the, the the legend of Dominic Mysterio-Guerrero. The legend of the custody ladder match. Uh, still uh, not the worst ladder match stipulation. It's not the worst ladder match stipulation. I actually recommend to go back, go jump on the WWE Network or whatever free tier stuff they offer and check out Ray and Eddie's matches. Oh, the stipulation so is stupid, but it's kind of awesome. I mean, we're still talking about it, so it's kind of a great stipulation in itself. 15 but the years matches later, they, Matt. This yeah, I mean, the, match, the matches they put together are fantastic, regardless of stipulation. Eddie is a... Eddie's a master of, of, of being a character. Mm-hmm. He, he's a master, especially of a heel character. Mm-hmm. He's just so good. Uh, he's a great in- in-ring technician. Uh, Ray was just a great baby face. I, I mean, it's it's kind of, we talk earlier about those, you know, classic golden era wrestling, you know, they're, they're not golden era wrestlers. They put on stellar matches, but they are kind of like a holdover from that era at the same time. They're, yeah. They're the perfect transition between it's, eras. It's very interesting, but I don't think Ray can be a heel. No, I can't say, I mean, the, he kind of tried it with like LWO. And the filthy were the, animals. Were the filthy animals heels, or were they just scummy? Oh, he wasn't in the LWO. I think he was just filthy. He animals. was just filthy animals without his mask. It's like, oh, why did the LWO hire a twelve-year-old? Or oh, why did the filthy man. animals hire a twelve-year-old? That's something very notable that we need to talk about. Is just the unmasking of the luchadors on WCW, which is to me the worst thing WCW did. Absolutely, we'll get there. Ooh. You will get there. There's so many great moments to talk about in wrestling. Uh, I I do. Love that this has come full circle with Dominic Guerrero, that he's back. I'm not calling him Mysterio. Sorry, I can't. Hi- Mysterio I love that he's, hyphen Guerrero. 
yeah, sorry. Uh, we'll get actually into his what we think of his match maybe in a second. There's a there's a pretty good Untold on uh, WWE Network. Untold's the kind of original series where the wrestlers talk about uh, their storylines and their matches, big matches or whatever. There's one with Eddie and Ray and Dominic's in it, and like it's just such it's such a fun insight into like Eddie and Ray talking about leading up to this match because they had such a great friendship. Dominic, it, Eddie was essentially like an uncle to to Dominic. Yeah. Uh, so it's just such a, a great insight into what they thought about, you know, what was a kind of a weird, super weird match. Super weird, super good. A WCW level stipulation. I mean, it's not as bad as like a Mimosa Mayhem match, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it's not. That is bad. But enough talking about uh, enough talking about what we picked. Yeah, enough uh, enough talk about like paternity and uh, legal issues and all that. It's time, Matt, for the mailbag. This week we have two questions, and I'm going to pose them to you, Matthew. No, I'll answer. I want to hear what you think. Uh, the first comes from Jacob McCourt from the GameSpot Discord. If you're not in the GameSpot Discord, come hang out with us in the GameSpot Discord. Uh, he asks. Dominic Mysterio hyphen Guerrero. He didn't say Guerrero. (laughs) And Pat McAfee's first matches in WWE both went surprisingly well this past weekend. Can you talk about your favorite debut matches and or celebrity matches? And uh, uh, Jacob says he always goes back to Stephen Amell with Stardust at SummerSlam. Um, I'll I'll let you answer this first because I have thoughts about all of this. Chris and I talked privately. I don't think we talked too publicly about, but uh, Dominic, I don't think Dominic's match. It was too high profile for him, for his level of ability. That's the most blunt way I can put it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of don't like Pat McAfee, so I didn't even tune in <laughs> to NXT. And also we were working DC fandom, so I didn't, I missed takeover completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say that my favorite celebrity match, it was, it was one that was hard to come to grips with is actually Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania 34. I was not into her being in WWE, I think, at the time. I I did love her in UFC. Uh, But she put on a surprisingly great match. Uh, So Ronda was tagging with Kurt Angle against Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. Uh, And I felt like watching this, like, oh, Kurt and Triple H are going to kind of carry the weight of the match. That's what I felt going in was going to happen. But Ronda was fantastic, and... She also picked up Triple H, which was kind of rad. Uh, so I felt that she had a, as far as first matches go, that's probably my number one as far as celebrities. Chris, what about you? Uh, well, first I'll say, yes, I agree that uh, Dominic, Dominic's first match, it got better as it went on and he became Agreed. more comfortable in the ring. And like it, like there was a lot of like uh, a lot of like stuff happening to sort of cover up any problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll be much better. Uh, he tagged the night after with his dad against Rollins and um, Buddy Murphy and looked much better in the ring, looked looked much more crisp. That, for my mind, should have been the SummerSlam match. Ray and his kid mm-hmm. versus the Messiah and his prophet or whatever. Yeah, putting him in a no DQ match or no holds barred or whatever that stipulation, street fight, that's what it was, Yeah, where they never went in the street. Uh, putting him in a street fight match for his first match, I don't think was the best decision. It should have been a more traditional match for his first match. Uh, 
I just feel like Street Fight, I feel like you need to be a little bit more seasoned to make that look good. Yeah. Uh, Pat McAfee's match was fine. Uh, it was it was good, I think. Uh, I think most of that credit goes to Adam Cole. Uh, I'm like you. I do not necessarily enjoy the Pat McAfee character that he presents to the world. Yeah. I find it kind of obnoxious and not very entertaining. I also don't look at him as a, like usually when WWE brings in a quote unquote celebrity uh, yeah. to work a match, it is a higher profile celebrity. I understand that this is NXT, so there's only so high profile you can go. But I feel like Pat McAfee is mm, not on the level. Uh, so it, it 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 was fine. It was fine. Uh, it, was it Adam Cole's best match in NXT? God no, Adam Cole. But Adam Cole has great matches left and right all the time. Yeah. Um. My, however, my favorite uh, debut and or celebrity match is a celebrity match, and I'm just gonna say it, and it's gonna be controversial. And you're gonna tell me I'm wrong. It's Kevin Federline versus John Cena. Oh wow, Popo's out. You're bringing the Popo's, Popo's out. out. It was also Snooky at WrestleMania was a good match. Snooky uh, at WrestleMania was really good. But no, but but what I what I the reason I think uh Cena versus K-Fed worked is uh it was promoted as a TV match and it was done on TV. They didn't hype it for a pay-per-view. It was a it was a ratings pop and also Kevin Federline showed up prepared to get beaten up. He didn't seem to have any sort of cockiness or uh, expectation that he was going to be the big over the top here. No, he came in as a bad guy. He got beaten up like a bad guy and he played that role really well. And that for me was the best use of a celebrity that I can remember. I, I, one of my least favorites uh, of actual like people wrestling or getting beaten up or whatever, but my least favorite is actually machine gun Kelly because the, uh, he got power bombed by Kevin Owens, but the next day, like he no sold the power bomb on Twitter and it really bummed me out. Like that, that sounds like, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, next question. Final question. Uh, Dell 9,000 on Twitter says I've been playing wrestling recently and it got me thinking you've been what? playing Tekken. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we're, we're, we are a wrestling podcast though. Wow. <laughs> wow. What wild animal would make the best pro wrestler? Consider the animal's ability to perform a wrestling maneuver as well as delivering charismatic promos. Matt, I, can I just jump in here? Yeah. Because the answer is a bear. I Well, I mean, you, you've you got bear and panda in Tekken. I mean, kings in Tekken, that's... Oh, oh, full disclosure, I've never played Tekken. I'm not really? one of, I'm not one of you gamer types. You've never <laughs> played Tekken? No, I didn't have a PlayStation. It's, it's not never, like I have it on... I, well, I have it not on Switch. I have it on Wii U. I never had a Wii U. <laughs> wow. Never played Tekken. I'm it's a, on it's on Xbox Game Pass right now, too. I don't care. It's a fighting game, right? Yeah. I don't play those. Oh, I love Tekken. I like Mortal Kombat. Uh, he, but I mean, he's fighter. referring he's referring to King, which is a, a wrestler that has a leopard face mm. um, in the latest Tekken game. You can put him in bullet club clothing, sure. which is kind of fun. There's also a bear and panda. They wrestle. Well, but There's like some animal wrestlers. Like, yeah, but like I think a bear is good because like off obviously re- bear wrestling is a thing that's existed. Uh, Daniel mm. Bryan wanted to wrestle a bear on <laughs> on SmackDown. Um and what's more, the bear hug. Also bears can like growl and snarl really good. That's pretty charismatic. That's a good promo in my book. I mean, I think you have to look at the animal kingdom and what animals can be bipedal. Like I mean, what can walk on two feet and well, the bear has, you know, what it's about, a quadruped. What about like but, an ape? 
I, I feel like that's just too easy to go down that road and say like, oh, silverback gorilla, you know? I feel like that's too easy of an Ryback. answer. What about Ryback? Ryback is from the future and he comes back and he feeds on fear. Feed him more. I think that's something I bring up to you all the time is like, was that real that he came from the future and feeds on fear? I don't know. That's a, that's a storyline I want to dig into. There was something weird going on there. Anyway, I, I mean, I think the bear is the perfect answer because I mean, you could say kangaroo would be fun, but I, but a kangaroo is more of a boxer to me. Yeah. Like, like the character in Tekken. It was also a raptor and a tiny dragon. All right, that's Gong. the end of the mailbag. This is not a video gaming podcast. But I but I will say this, Chris. I am excited for for an upcoming episode. Very soon, we do have someone from the video game world on GameSpot. Oh, yeah. You guys all need to tune into next week's episode. Well, I hope it's next week's, but if it gets pushed back, we don't know. Oh, I bet. Well, hopefully it's not getting pushed back because uh, we will soon enough be joined by Tamar Hussein from who is uh, works at some uh, web internet outlet called GameStop. GameSpot. 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 Um, not familiar with them, uh, but he's going to be joining us for uh, the most anticipated segment of all time. We're going to Which I, I don't think it has a name, does it? Uh, it's, it's the Wrestle Buddies watch ready to rumble. <laughs> a, a movie we have been talking about covering forever. We just didn't know when to do it. We're doing uh, it. We're doing ready to rumble. But we also, we think we briefly discussed it. We're not just doing one Ready to Rumble episode throughout however long the show goes. No, no, no. We're going to bring on people and make them watch Ready to Rumble and discuss it numerous times. Absolutely. Because if if there's one thing I know for sure, it's that there is so much nuance in Ready to Rumble that it deserves at least 75 episodes. <laughs> at least. The at Ready least. to Rumble cast. Yes. Actually, that might be the name of the episode. Who knows? Oh, boy. So tune in next week or in the future episodes. Just tune in every week because we're talking about Ready to Rumble and I am so pumped. Goodbye, friends. Thanks for listening to Russell Buddies. We hope you had at least almost as much fun as we did. Go ahead and rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. You can email us questions at WrestleBuddies at GameSpot.com or find us over on Twitter at WrestleBuddies. I am at Chris Hayner. He is at I'm Matt Elfring. See you next week.